This is an Equity Bates Media podcast. This Mother's Day, celebrate the extraordinary women in your life with a heartfelt gift from Blue Nile. Whether it's for your mom, a mother figure, or yourself as a mom, find that perfect piece to express your love and appreciation. Explore Blue Nile's exquisite pearls and mesmerizing gemstones that she's sure to love. Enjoy fast shipping options like guaranteed free shipping and returns. Make this Mother's Day unforgettable with a piece from Blue Nile. Right now, get up to 50% off at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. The best career advice that you are not getting is to invest. Hello and welcome to another episode of Your Ingle Company, a podcast for like-minded people who want to make smart investment decisions. I'm Maddie and I'm here with my good friend Sophie. How are we today? I am so excited because today we are joined by a very special guest. But before we start today's episode, we would like to acknowledge and pay respects to the Wurundjeri people of the Kulin Nation, who are the traditional owners of this land. We pay our deepest respect to the elders, past and present, and to the next generation for who we hope to create a different future for. So over the next two episodes, we're delving into two very important topics, which is understanding your risk profile and also building out your portfolio accordingly. Now, Mads, I would say that when I started out my investing journey, I was a pretty risky investor because I was buying into, I guess, the likes of Afterpay and into some other, you know, small companies that I did believe in, but, you know, I didn't really build out kind of uh, a stable investment portfolio. which I'm now kind of moving into a little bit more. But yeah, I guess I was a little bit risky and and now I'm realizing that for long-term growth, I probably need to bring that risk style a little bit down. What does your risk profile look like? Yeah, I think I was kind of probably more the opposite. I started out with buying ETFs and I sort of built my confidence and my interest that way. And then more recently, I've actually started putting a little bit of money aside to invest in smaller or lesser known stocks that you know, I research and can have a little bit of fun with um, with investing in things that I'm really interested in. But I definitely still keep the majority of my money invested in sort of those more stable ETFs. But yeah, it's been really fun to see how my money has sort of grown that way. Yeah, well, I guess knowing how much risk you want to take is really important as it's definitely going to impact your investment decisions. And to help us understand these concepts a little bit more, we're going to now cross over to our chat with Sarah King and over the next two episodes, delve into your own risk profile. Sarah is the head of client care and advice at Stockspot, which is a leading online investment advisor in Australia. She has had over 14 years experience in financial services and is passionate about empowering women in the areas of wealth creation and financial independence. Sarah, we are so excited to have you today. Welcome. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. It's great to be here. Now, we have read somewhere that you have the superpower of explaining investing like a real person. Would you say, is this true or false? (laughs) I would say that is very true because that is my nine to five or nine to six day job Um, as head of client care and advice at Stockspot. Um, I, a key part of my role is explaining quite complex financial terms to everyday Australians who are on their investing journey. Um, so yeah, the ability to break down, um, complex financial talk into, yeah, easy to understand, um, I guess language is, is what I do day in, day out. And I absolutely love it. 
Well, that is exactly what we need on this podcast. So we're very excited <laughs> to have you here. We're going to start with some of our quick fire questions for you. So first one, what is your morning routine? I get up without a doubt around about six o'clock every morning, go straight to the kettle to make my hot lemon and water. I'm a firm believer that that kickstarts my digestive system for the day. Um, I then get ready to come to work. So I live pretty close to the Sydney CBD. Um, I have the pleasure of walking to work every day and I, I walk through the Sydney Botanical Gardens and that's sort of my time to think about the day ahead, do my planning for the week, listen to some music or a podcast. Um, I've also practiced yoga for many years, so I often do my own yoga practice in the botanical gardens if I can't make it to a class. Um, and then I get in and I, I get ready for work and I'm ready for, you know, what lays ahead and to be in my best state for our clients and all of the new people calling in to get started with investing and whatever, whatever else unfolds during the day. That sounds like an amazing way to start your day. Uh, and Sarah, I guess sort of going back a few years now, I imagine, can you tell us who or what influenced you to invest? Yeah, so the very first influence would have been the first financial advisor I ever worked with. So back in the day, I worked for a traditional financial advisory firm and um, that was where I learned about um, index investing and the benefit of low cost passive investing. And this particular advisor you know, was a, a real mentor to me and um, showed me the value in doing that. So I got started with that, but I was then influenced um, by some of my other colleagues who then convinced me to take out a margin loan combined with that, which was a super risky strategy. And that was just before the global financial crisis hit. So um, <laughs> I learned quite a few lessons there in terms of taking on a little bit too much risk. And I can sort of allude to that later. Um, but then, yeah, combined with that was also um, my mum. Uh, she, um, you know, she's um, struggled financially a lot during her life, having been through a few marriages and, and sort of certain things happening in her life. And, you know, I then got to a point where I was like, you know, this is really, really important that women know what to do with their money and how to invest. And, yes, yeah, after my margin lending experience, I spent a few years where I wasn't investing and, and then seeing my mum go through things that really motivated me to get started with investing again and have confidence and to then want to help educate other women on how to do the same. I think that's really nice that you said, like mention your mum. Ha we've had a lot of guests and Maddie and I also talk about it, that we have had a lot of males in our life who have influenced us to invest, grandpa, dad, brother. So it's nice to know that your mum was an influence for you. And our last question, in one minute or less, if you were a stock or company, who would you be and why? Yeah, I don't want to sound cliche, but I would have to say Nike. Um, for me, as a big brand, Nike exude, you know, health, fitness, performance, innovation. You know, they've got incredible sustainable policies in place. They breed diversity and inclusion. Um, and for me personally, like their Epic React foam has made my walks to work immensely better for decades now. And I'm, yeah, I'm just thankful that, um, yeah, they're a super cool company. They're making people look better, feel better. Um, but most importantly, even though they're a big global brand, I feel like they create an incredible sense of community. And some of the best events I've been to have actually been Nike events. I did one of their first she runs the night events here in Sydney through Centennial Park in the evening and it was just incredible. And then, you know, I used to on Monday nights go and join there, um, the Nike Run Club with a couple of friends and we do like 10K runs around the Sydney CBD in the dark and it was quite euphoric. So um, they build an incredible sense of community on a, a local level and, yeah, I just think they're a really cool brand. 
Yeah, I also use the Nike Run Club and I love the coaches at the end when they tell you that you're doing a really good job. <laughs> <laughs> it's brilliant. I love it. Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> so almost every person responds the same way when we ask, what are you most afraid of when it comes to investing? And I guess that that really common answer that we hear is that, you know, I'm scared of losing all my money, which is really highlighting the fact that people do believe that investing is quite risky and it's riskier than keeping your money in the bank. So Sarah, just broadly, how how do you define risk? So risk is, if, if we look at investing, you know, you can have your money in a savings account, which people perceive as relatively risk-free. You know, your money isn't going to go down in value. So people see that as a, a, a risk-free asset. Now, when you look at something that carries risk, this means that there might be ups and downs in the value of your money. And when people think about investing in things like shares, they think, oh my gosh, that is super risky. I could lose all of my money. Um, and, you know, that's why I'm not going to start investing in the first place because I'm super uncomfortable with the thought that my money might go down in value. So why do you think there is this kind of conception out there that investing is riskier than keeping your money in the bank account? Why do people think that? Yeah, I mean, if we look at, you know, things like the media and the investment industry as a whole, um, it's quite complex. You know, you, you watch the news every night and you see, you know, this stock's down, that stock's down. And, you know, this creates a perception that investing is actually more akin to something like day trading, you know, this constant buying and selling of investments. You really need to know what you're doing. You have to be an expert. But really, investing is the opposite of that. And we can talk about ways you should be investing to, in fact, manage that risk. But it's very much how, yeah, you know, it's, it's portrayed in the media. Um, the fact that, you know, we're not taught about it at school. So we actually don't really understand how you can take measured risk and how you can, yeah, not have to worry about that sort of day trading type of activity because that essentially is not investing. Yeah, it's a good point that you bring up the media. Even we were, Maddie and I always say like the movies, like Wolf of Wall Street, you just see that crazy environment and you think, oh, that's what I'm putting my money into? Like, no way. <laughs> Without a doubt. And yeah, it's, that's exactly what it's not. So um, yeah, I think the more we can demystify that, the better and the more hopefully we'll see more women and, and more Australians investing. So I guess on that then, do you think investing is risky? How do you sort of perceive the risk? So the way that I look at it is um, keeping my money in a savings account long term is risky. And this is something that I think is a bit of a reframe we need to see uh, people have. So for any money that you don't need for your shorter term goals, so that seems like three months to three years, keeping your money in a savings account is actually risky because it's not growing ahead of inflation. It's not going to allow you to buy the things that you want to buy in the future. So for me, then I think, okay, how can I get my money working harder for me in a way that helps me to manage my risk? And sometimes you have to take a bit more risk and, and that's healthy to do that so that your money is going to grow ahead of inflation and to afford you the things you want to buy in the future to meet a future goal. And investing is the best way to get you there. So what are the main risks you should be aware of when investing? What are the things maybe that your clients are thinking of or that you see a lot that people are thinking of? Yeah, so the, the first one is that I, I'm, I'm scared I'm going to lose my money. What's the risk that I'm going to lose all of my money? And 
Um, yeah, I mean, for, for clients that come to Stockspot, you know, we've never had a year where clients have, have lost you may, or made a negative return, you know, and, and again, that's the benefit of owning different types of things and having lots of different sort of companies and investments in your portfolio. The other thing is, you know, market risk, you know, share markets go up and down and that can make a lot of, you know, I guess less experienced investors or people just getting started quite nervous. So they want to know, like, you know, you know, can I stomach this? What, you know, is this going to, you know, impact me? Am I going to be able to sleep easy at night? And I think that's that's a very big concern for a lot of our investors. So market risk, you know, you've then got things like interest rate risk, you know, what's going to be the impact of changes in interest rates on my investments? Um, but yeah, the main risk is really around, you know, the, the, the financial loss. And I think that's something that many investors need to get their head around or people just getting started that, when you invest, um, seeing ups and downs in your portfolio is very, very normal. But, you know, all you need is like a lot of time in the market and, you know, the benefit of keeping like a long-term perspective and, and, you know, you can ride through those ups and downs and be rewarded for it in the long term. So can you explain a little bit further, how do you actually lose money in the stock market? I understand there are a couple of ways, you know, if a company goes bust or if there is that price movement. Can you elaborate that on that a little bit? Yeah, so I mean, the most common thing is is price movement, right? So, you know, you buy a share at a given price today, that's maybe $5. Tomorrow, it might be worth $10. Or the day after that, it could drop and then be worth, you know, it could be back down to $5. So that's when you see the fluctuations in price of a certain investment. Um, yeah, and then obviously day to day, you know, there you know, you've got companies out there who um, there's a lot of news. They might have you know had their profit um, announcements. They might you know there might be something else going on within a specific industry, and that news that's coming out every day can have a big impact on the share price. And you know you've got a lot of professionals who are pricing all of that information into the value of a share, and this is the day to day sort of um, volatility and, and changes in the value of a share. But you can see, you know, like things like Afterpay at the moment, they're very on trend. Everyone wants to buy technology stocks. We're seeing the prices rise. So then you also see things like emotion come into the play here. So investing is something that carries a lot of emotion with it. You know, when something's trendy, people get a bit of FOMO. They want to jump on the bandwagon as well. And that's the type of behavior you can see driving prices up, often sometimes above and beyond where they should be. Um, and then it's very normal to then see once that sort of hype has passed, you might see um, the price sort of drop down to its sort of normal average price. So there's so many things going on that, that can affect the day-to-day -day value of um, investments. And I think that's why, you know, when you're investing, it's really important to block out that sort of day-to-day -day noise because it chops and changes so much. You can't keep up with it. Um, as, you know, you're better off just having a, a mix of different things and, and staying focused on the long term. So you don't have to worry about that. So I do have a quick question on that. And I'm wondering, we've talk, spoken about ETFs a lot on the show so far. With ETFs, do you still experience that same sort of price movement as much? Because I know with something like Afterpay, if lots of people want to buy it, you know, the price can go up really quickly and potentially come down really quickly. Do you have that same experience with ETFs? Look, you don't. So with, with ETFs, so if I use the Australian share ETF we use in our portfolio, that tracks Australia's top. 300 companies, right? So you're getting exposure to a mix of different sectors, 
different types of companies, you know, the largest and some sort of medium to small ones as well. So it really, um, yeah, you know, the the price of the ETF, you're buying a unit of an ETF, can change slightly day to day unless there's a big market fall like we saw last March where the market fell by, you know, close to 35%. That's when you would see the unit price of an ETF drop. But day to day, because you're just buying the market, you're not seeing those massive fluctuations. And that's why ETFs are a fantastic way to invest because you're just buying a whole asset class. It removes the need to worry about which stock should I pick and then also removes the concern about worrying about the day-to-day fluctuations in those stocks. And when you are picking individual shares or stocks, you can't help but focus on what's happening day to day. And, you know, there's a lot of, um, I think with this, um, you know, the low-fee brokerage platforms we're seeing coming out now, the gamification of investing, there's a lot of hype around this and retail investors downloading these apps and focusing on the, the day-to-day stock picking, which really isn't investing. And I think that's the important thing we want to articulate today is that investing is not that type of behaviour. But going back to ETFs, yeah, they help you just buy a whole asset class, remove the need to pick stocks and give you that very, very broad mix of different types of shares in, in your portfolio. Yeah, I think that's one thing that Maddie and I uh, have struggled with a little bit when we started investing is we checked those apps every day. You know, one day you'd be like, oh, it's up. And then the next day you'd be like, oh, it's down. But really now I just like delete the app and just let my stocks do their thing in the background. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Very good. Yeah, one risk that was actually brought to our attention from someone in our um, YRGC community was, is there a risk of not getting into the market early enough so that you can enjoy the long-term benefits of investing? Yeah, so look, I would say with investing, it is never too late to get started, whatever your time frame. But if you've got if you've got the money to do it, just do it, right? But if we look at someone who starts investing in their twenties, you know, and then has decades and decades to um, let their money work for them and grow and enjoy, you know, receiving distributions and dividends and reinvesting those. You know, if you start in your twenties compared to your forties, it can lead to a difference of, you know, hundreds of thousands, right? If you're sort of accessing that later on. So look, with investing, the earlier you start, the better. Absolutely. You know, the the longer you have um, invested in the market, it's only going to do you favours. But you know, if you are, say, in your 40s or your 50s and you're thinking, oh, my God, I've missed a boat, like I haven't got started, that is absolutely not true. It's never too late to get started. Even investing your money for five or 10 years compared to leaving that in a savings account is going to lead to a much better outcome to not doing anything at all. And, you know, I, I, I hear that quite a lot that, you know, um, people just saying, you know, I've missed a boat, I should have started years ago, I, I'm just never going to get there. And, you know, it's baby steps and you can start small. And I think that's the important thing, you know, you can start with, you know, $100 these days or a couple of thousand, you know, and really get your money into investments that are going to help your money grow for you. Okay, so I guess we've discussed what sort of makes an investment risky compared to maybe keeping your money in the bank account. Can you give us some tips on sort of evaluating risk when you're making investment decisions? Is there anything in particular that you should be looking out for? Yeah, so I think the first thing is, you know, understanding your own risk tolerance, you know, I think that that's really, really, really important. So when before you start investing, you want to think about, okay, like how much of my money do I want to put into things that are a little bit more 
you know, volatile, go up and down a bit compared to things that are going to help my money be a bit more stable and secure. And having that understanding is really, really important. And I think that's why using something like a robo-advisor is great because they help you work that out. They help you understand what strategy is right for you, you know, your goals, your risk appetite, your risk time frame. So with things like shares, you know, again, you want to make sure that you're investing in shares that aren't going to be, you know, hugely volatile or making sure you've got a mix of those and you want to make sure you've got some shares that are going to pay you maybe some income along the way um, and that you're also comfortable with the fact that that's going to bring some ups and downs in your portfolio because it will and it's a very natural part of those types of investments. And then you go to global shares, which are the same again, but carry even a little bit more risk because you're accessing, say, the emerging market economies of the world or, you know, you're investing into um, economies like the US where there's a heavy tech focus and, you know, we've seen quite lately based on like changes in government policy over there and stimulus those shares can be, you know, quite volatile. So, um, but as we look at that, you know, the more risk you take, you are generally rewarded for that. And that's that risk reward trade-off, right? So if you keep all your money in savings, you're not going to be rewarded for it very much. You put your money into shares, you will be rewarded more, but you've got to accept that there's some risk along the way. And that's sort of that risk reward trade-off when you invest. So when you're looking at how you're going to allocate your money, it's really important to do, do your due diligence and think about those different types of risks for each of those asset classes and then come to a decision on, you know, where you'd like to um, invest your money. Is it across the blend of both? Is it just into property? Is it just into shares? Um, so yeah, that, that hopefully that's a good outline on that. <laughs> oh, that's perfect. I think what I'm getting it from it at the moment is that you really need to kind of understand your risk profile, which we'll get into in a second. And then you need to have a little bit of a plan about how much risk you're going to be taking in, in what assets. In this case, we're mainly talking about shares. Before we do jump into that, we just quickly wanted to touch a little on volatility. You mentioned just then that, you know, your share portfolio can go up and down, which is often what we would call volatility. Can we go back to basics and just explain what volatility is? Yeah, so that's really the variance in the price of an investment or an asset class. So very simply in the way I describe it to clients on the phone, it's how an investment can move up and down. So you buy a, a certain price today at what you think is an average um, expected price for that investment but then the next day based on news or media or something that's happened um, or profit expectations it could jump really really high the next day it could then you know take the elevator down and, and drop in price and that's what we would <laughs> um, describe as volatility so it's the amount of ups and downs in, in the price of an asset or an asset class or an investment. But what you can do to smooth out those ups and downs is have different things in your portfolio that help to do that. And we can touch on that a little bit later. So, um, but the more, and another way to do that is by spreading your, your money across a number of different types of investments. But in a very simple terms, it's that up and down in the price for an expected return over time. So is there any such thing as sort of normal fluctuations that we can expect to see in our portfolio? Yeah, fluctuations are very, very normal. You're going to see that day to day. Like I have clients calling me, you know, every day and they're like, you know, Sarah, my portfolio was, you know, it was at, it was at $100 return yesterday. You know, now it's dropped down to 50. Like, oh my God, what's happening? Like, am I in the right portfolio? Am I in the right strategy? It's like, no, that is just 
that's the nature of investing. In the very, very short term, you are always going to see ups and downs in your portfolio when you invest. It's something you have to accept. This is why when you invest, it's, you have to keep that long-term perspective. And if I don't know if any of you guys have seen, you know, the charts on the news, like you look at the line and it's going like little like jagged edges up and down. But if you if you zoom out and look at the big trend line over time for the share market, it's trending upwards, you know. So if you look at the Australian share market, for example, it's returned on average nine to 10% per annum for the last 30 or 40 years, right? But day to day, you're going to see those ups and downs. So that's why with investing, it's so important to block out the noise Accept the fact that there's going to be day-to-day ups and downs. It's normal. There is just so much news going out there. You know, you've got people trading and buying and selling and trying to, you know, I guess speculate on shares and all of this type of behaviour can change, you know, the, the, the price on any given day for a share. So, um, and, and, and investing is very much not that. It's helping you to keep a long-term perspective, stick with your goal. Why am I investing in the first place? Oh, it's to achieve, to achieve this 10-year goal out here so that way you just don't need to worry about the day-to-day fluctuations because they're always going to be there. Yeah that's the the perfect uh, I guess explanation for that that it is very normal and it's something to not worry about and if you check it every day it's obviously going to give you a lot of anxiety <laughs> so best not to check it I think we've we've learned from personal experience. We are now just going to take a quick ad break to hear from our sponsors, but we will be right back to continue our discussion with Sarah about what a risk profile is and how you can determine your own risk profile. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. So we've discussed what risk is and what it means in the context of investing. We're now going to delve a little deeper into understanding how our own attitudes towards risk can and sort of should impact our investment decisions. So Sarah, can you tell us what is a risk profile? Yeah, so your risk profile is very, very important and it's fundamental to knowing your risk profile before you start investing. So the way you work out your risk profile is first and foremost, like what is my goal? What am I what am I investing for? Is it that I am, you know, saving to buy my first home? Am I looking to just build my wealth for the future? Am I am I planning for a family? Am I am I saving for my retirement? So knowing what that goal is first and foremost is super important because that's going to then help you understand what you need to do to get there. Um, your risk profile is then, you know, understanding so what's my investment time frame? You know, someone who's say 
you know, um, closer to retirement isn't going to have as long to invest. Someone who might be saving for property might only be wanting to invest for three or four years because they want to access that money soon to, to purchase their first home. So your 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 investment time frame is very, very important because that dictates how much risk you can take. Typically, the lower your, um, you know, the, the, the less time you have to invest, you shouldn't be taking as much risk compared to if you've got years and years ahead, you can afford to take more risk because you've got plenty of time for your investments to recover from any dip in the market that might happen. And then you've got things like, okay, to work out your risk profile, like it's, it's helpful to go through scenarios, like, and that's what we do at Stockspot actually. You know, we ask clients about, you know, what are your goals? What's your investment time frame? What's your um, experience? Um, but then to understand how they're going to feel through certain market scenarios is really important. So, you know, one of the questions we ask is to achieve a potential return of, say, 9% per annum, you know, you have to be comfortable to see, say, a 20% fall in the value of your investment to get that. And that's very normal for that higher return compared to someone who might be like, well, I'm really quite comfortable with getting 5%, but I don't really want to see any fall in the value of my investments whatsoever. So we ask those types of contextual questions in a few different ways to then um, give our clients like a, a risk profile and help them understand what their risk profile is. So someone who has a lower risk tolerance or risk profile is suited to a more conservative strategy. So that's when you have a much higher allocation to your safer defensive investments compared to your growth investments, compared to someone who has a much higher risk tolerance, that's when you're going to have a much higher allocation to things like shares, your growth investments, and less to those defensive investments. So with the key outcome being that, you know, if there is another share market dip, you need to know you can stomach it and stick with your strategy and stay the course. Um, I, what I did see last year in 2020 was often I see clients wanting to go with the portfolio that has the highest returns because they're like, wow, I want those returns. But then when a market fall comes and it dips, they you know, either move to cash or they move to a more conservative portfolio because they're really not comfortable with it. And you know, doing that at that time, it means you're often selling out at a time when your portfolio has made a bit of a loss and you're locking in those losses. You can be moving it to cash or, you know, selling at the wrong time. And that can really impact your return. So rather than choosing the portfolio that's got the best returns, you know, I'll always reiterate to clients, you want to make sure you're in a strategy that is right for your risk profile. You know, what level of losses can you sustain and, and, and feel comfortable with? And that's also aligned to your goals and your investment timeframe rather than focusing on performance. Yeah, I actually did the stock spot sort of, is it a little interview or how would you describe what it is, the question, questionnaire? Questionnaire, um, When I yes. first started investing and it was great because, you know, when I first started, I was sitting there thinking, you know, I've got time. I don't, I don't mind if I, you know, lose a bit of money. I just want big returns. And actually when I did that questionnaire, I realised that probably actually that more growth and slightly riskier portfolio wasn't for me because those questions really allowed me to drill in on how I really felt about actually, you know, losing money in the stock market. And I realized that maybe slightly more conservative was better suited. Yeah, I think you've summed it up um, pretty well there. And now we obviously have spoken a little bit about our risk profile and you've mentioned risk tolerance a couple of times. Can you just define what risk tolerance actually is? Yeah, so risk tolerance is really your ability to stomach or withstand 
um, drops in the value of your investment, right? So as I was alluding to that um, example earlier, like someone who is quite comfortable with risk, you know, they're like, I want to potentially, I'm investing for the long term. I want to try and get 9 to 10% per annum over the long term in my portfolio. I'm super comfortable seeing the value of my investments drop by 20% in any given year. So some people would freak out and think, wow, like that's, that's far too much for me. Um, so that, that is essentially your risk tolerance. The, the, the amount you're willing to see your investments fall by at any given point in time. So if we go back to the March share market fall last year, for example, the market fell by 35 to 36% over a number of days. And that is the biggest, you know, share market tip that many of us would have seen in our lifetime, particularly for first timers. And guaranteed that, you know, a lot of investors who just had their money in the share market or risky assets at that point in time would have seen a massive drop in their investments and they might have either freaked out and moved to cash or, um, yeah, or, you know, they're still waiting to recover all of those losses. Um, so yeah, it's really, you need to sort of, it can be hard to do, but you need to sort of play out those outcomes in your mind when you are investing. Like, what amount of money am I willing to see my investments drop by? And a way that you can reduce that is by owning different types of investments, not just having it all in shares, not just having it all in cryptocurrency, having it in a mix of different things. <laughs> Because it's often not until you go through those experiences that you really get a handle on what you're comfortable with. Um, so, yeah, so that really defines your, your risk tolerance. I've spoken about this on the podcast before, but I invested for the first time just a couple of weeks before the COVID crash. So that really sort of was a great test on my understanding of my own risk tolerance. And it was sort of like, no, I said I was okay with this, so we're going to stick with it. But yeah, I think that's a great, great point about, you know, making sure you have a good understanding and then I guess just taking the emotion out of it. So I guess if people are starting out their investment journey and they, the most important thing is they really need to understand what kind of risk they are willing to take. And then if it's not a lot of risk, which is absolutely fine, then we can really look into, you know, researching stable and long-term options that like we spoke about earlier, for example, ETFs don't really have that same sort of market volatility and don't move around as much um, as some sort of individual stocks do. I think something that sort of Soph and I joke about a lot, but for a good reason, because it does come up a lot, is investing doesn't need to be like gambling. And, you know, it doesn't have to be day trading where you're trying to beat the market every day. It really can be long term, putting your money in for stable long term growth. Now, Sarah, one question we wanted to ask you um, before we nearly finish up is how would you describe your risk profile at the moment and how has it changed over time? Very good question. Um, so my risk profile has changed. And so, in fact, I've actually, I'm, I'm doing what you call goals-based investing. So I actually have two portfolios. I have one where I'm taking a lot less risk because it's money that I might want to draw on in the nearer term to fund a, a home purchase. So I've got my stock spot portfolio and it's in the Sapphire strategy, which is not the most conservative, but the next one up. So I've got a much higher allocation to, you know, your safer defensive investment 
like bonds and gold because I might want to draw on that money in, say, three to four years' time and I do not want to run the risk that if I need to call on that money, there's been a share market tip and my, you know, my, my money's gone down a little bit. So that's why having that higher allocation to those defensive investments is, is important. But now also I know that the likelihood of me buying a home is probably going to be many, many more years given house prices in Sydney. So I'm actually considering looking at um, doing a rebalance of that strategy and going up the risk curve a little to go to more of a balanced profile where I've got 60% in growth investments and 40% in defensive compared to the 50-50 in the Sapphire currently. I've then got with my um, with my husband, we have a joint uh, account for, um, uh, which is our long-term. This is our let's, let's save for our future. Let's, this can be something to complement our retirement capital. You know, we're not going to touch it for decades. So that particular portfolio is in a high growth strategy. So that has 78% in things like shares and 22% in things like bonds and gold um, because I want that money to be working harder for me. Um, we're just going to keep, you know, topping it up every month and it's just going to be that set and forget, don't look at it and know that, yeah, over the long term that it's going to achieve that more sort of 9 to 10% per annum after fees compared to, say, the more conservative one that might be more around like, five to six percent but I'm happy with that because I don't want to risk that money going down so that's how I'm having different strategies for different goals I've got going on in my life at the moment and that's what you can do with investing so um, but yeah as I said as those things like your time frame change that can dictate um, you know needing to do a strategy shift as well which is what I'm considering for that pool of money earmarked for our our first home purchase. Yeah, like how you touched on that you can actually have a couple of different risk profiles and they're both for different goals. So what you're trying to achieve in different areas of your life, you can actually set up investing to cater for that. Absolutely. Yeah, I think it's a really sensible way to do it. I think, you know, with investing as well, you know, I think a lot of people think oh, my money's locked in, I can't access it. Oh my God, like, what do I do? And and that's not the case. You know, when you invest, you can always access your money. Um, but I think, yeah, to make sure that you're not taking it out at the wrong time, setting up different pools of money for different goals can be a really smart way to do it. So, Sarah, for our final question today, what would you say is the best piece of advice for sort of starting out when trying to determine your own risk profile? Yeah, so as I said, like it's, it can be hard to do, but it's um, putting your, you know, going through those scenarios in your mind, like what amount of money am I willing to lose when I invest or see as a, a, a short-term temporary dip? It doesn't mean that it's a permanent dip. So I would say that's the most important thing. But yeah, going back to the stock spot questionnaire, and I recommend for anyone who wants to understand their risk profile, just go and do this online. It's free um, and it will help you understand what you need to. So it's like, what are my goals? Like, what am I, what do I want this money for? You know, what's my investment time frame? And yeah, like to achieve a certain return, is it 5% per annum I want to get? Is it 6%? Is it 10% or more? What what sort of um, drops in the value of my investments can I can I withstand and stomach? So they're they're the essential things. And yeah, I think going and using an online tool if you, if you can't work that out for yourself, go and do a couple. There's lots of different online you know advisors out there. You can um, all the all the questionnaires are slightly different. So 
So I'd recommend going and doing those to get a bit of a handle on um, yeah, what your risk profile might be. Um, because often trying to work it out yourself, you either need to go into your financial planner and go through a, a complex questionnaire, or you might have to learn through experience to really understand what your risk profile is. So, but yeah, as I said, there's a lot of like online investment advisors now. You can get this stuff free and it's the best way to really understand what your risk profile is. Sarah, thank you so much for joining us today. We've found your chat about risk so insightful and I feel like I've personally even pulled so much out of it. Next week, we are very excited. We're going to be joined by you again and we're going to be talking about our portfolios and how to build those up. What can that look like? How to manage it uh, into the future? But for the time being, is there any social media that people could follow you on or anything that you want to plug? <laughs> no, I mean, you know, if you if you want to have a chat, my email is sarah at stockspot.com.au. I recommend going to the website. There is under our learn section, there are so many great tools that you can access. There's an investment calculator, which I think everyone should look at. You know, you can put in a starting amount, you can show how much you're going to top up with each month and then project that out over the years and it shows you how much your money could grow by. And I think that is the most powerfully visual way to see the benefit of investing and doing it in a way that helps you to manage the amount of risk you're taking. So definitely recommend that. Um, otherwise, yeah, I'm I'm on Instagram as Sarah Emily King, but otherwise, yeah, I'm I'm not massive on socials. <laughs> I actually do love the stocks on Instagram. They've done a few great posts recently. Actually, yes, actually. So sorry, Stockspot, uh, Instagram, <laughs> as well as yeah, our YouTube channel. So yeah, catch us on YouTube. Chris Reiki, our CEO and founder, has a bunch of awesome personal finance topics that you can tune into, heaps of information on ETFs. And there's also, um, I did a great, um, for International Women's Day, a great uh, uh, talk with um, Queenie, Queenie Tan, on, you know, investing and um, personal finance topics. So definitely catch us here on YouTube and, yeah, on Stockspot Instagram. Thank you so much, Sarah. We'll look forward to chatting to you next week. Thank you so much for joining us today for our first episode in our two-part series with Sarah. We hope that this has given you some insight into understanding your risk profile and how you can utilize it to make more tailored investment decisions. Next week, we'll be debunking the myth that building an investment portfolio is a job that can only be done by the experts. If you haven't already, please follow our Instagram page at YIGC Podcast and join our Facebook group, YIGC Investing Podcast Discussion Group where you can ask any of the questions you have or share ideas that you find interesting. Until next time. You're in Good Company is a product of Equity Mates Media. All information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended as a substitute for professional finance, legal or tax advice. The hosts of You're in Good Company are not financial professionals and are not aware of your personal financial circumstances. Before making any financial decisions, you should read the product disclosure statement and, if necessary, consult a licensed financial professional. Do not take financial advice from a podcast. For more information, head to the disclaimer page on the Equitymates website where you can find ASIC resources and find a registered financial professional near you. In the spirit of reconciliation, Equitymates Media and the hosts of Your In Good Company acknowledge the traditional custodians of country throughout Australia and their connections to land, sea and community. We pay our respects to their elders past and present and extend that respect to all Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people together. 
Small details are big surfaces. Tight corners are odd shapes. Flat, rounded, textured, or tall. Whatever your next project, there's a spray paint pattern that's just right. Because Rust-Oleum's new Custom Spray 5-in-1 gives you control with five different spray patterns. So you can tackle nooks, crannies, edges, and curves without worrying about drips, runs, uneven coverage, or anything else. Custom Spray 5-in-1. Only from Rust-Oleum. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage. All the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Get a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash work. Shopify.com slash work. When your skin feels nourished and glows, you radiate confidence. Osea makes giving your skin a glow up easy with their clean, clinically proven Mega Moisture Duo. This seaweed-powered duo features two of Osea's best sellers, Andaria Algae Body Oil and Andaria Collagen Body Lotion. Glow from the inside out. Get 10% off your first order with code GLOW at oseamalibu.com. That's O-S-E-A-Malibu.com, code GLOW.